Amen. That's good singing. We'd love to let you sing on, but we're trying to keep everything on some sort of track this evening. Uh, the meetings were had over in Wales. They were supposed to be two and a half hours long, but I think they were all over three hours. Uh, but we don't want to impose that on you tonight, uh, because I know some of you have to get up for work in the morning. Uh, John chapter 4, please. Let us read together from the Word of God. John chapter 4, words certainly that burden me. Words that I believe can be a challenge to each and every one of us. I think we're living in a day and we're living in a generation when we're so quick to point the finger at the leaders of the work, at the missionary societies, at the likes of let the Bible speak. And we're so willing just to let the organizations, the leaders, the leadership, the minister, the Kirk Session, the others, if you like, to do the work as we sit back and cheer them on. Support the work. I think it was Dr. Paisley that often quipped whenever others said that they were behind him in this venture and that venture, whenever he came up against it and he turned around to see where the support was, they were so far behind them he could hardly see them. But we need to be right up there. The Christian life is a battleground. And we need to be pressing home the advantage every single day. We need to be uh, laboring for the master. And in John chapter 4, we find an individual here that does that very thing. Where we all know this account. We know how the Lord Jesus Christ... Look at verse 4. I, I really wanted to start reading in verse 28. But look at what it says in verse 4. He that is, of course... Christ himself, he must needs go through Samaria. Why was that? It was so that he could speak to the most important person there. No. It was so he could speak to this individual, simply known to us as the woman at the well. That he could deal with that woman and meet her at the very point of her need. And it is her that we want to think about this evening. In fact, it is her that's referred to there in verse 28. Let's read from verse 28, 29, 30, and then over with my Bible, it's a page turn over to verse 39. Read verse 28 together. The woman, this woman that the Lord Jesus Christ, we could say, and we'll not have time to go into all of this, this is not the thrust of my message tonight, but where the Lord Jesus Christ directly went to, in fact, we could almost say he went out of his way to deal with this individual and meet her at the very point of her need. It was this woman, verse 28, that then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the man, look at verse 28, even before we leave it, she left her water pot, she left back anything that would hold her back, anything that would restrict her in this pursuit of reaching others for the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything that would hold her back. She set it to the side. She wasn't going to be burdened or withheld back by it. She left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the man. She had a message for those whom she had a rapport with. And I'm convinced this evening as I stand here and look out at you. That there are those within your circle of friends, within your influence, that you can reach that nobody else can for the master. She did that. She saith to the man, 
and we'll not need to go into her history, but she wouldn't have had a rapport with the women folk in her home city, Sychar. She certainly did with the men. They knew her. She had a message for them initially. Verse 29, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then, as a result of that, verse 30, Then they went out of the city and came unto him. I can almost imagine those men, Middle Eastern, Sumerians, the heat of the day, dressed in their white robes to reflect the sun, making their way because of her excitement. I'm sure they were excited too, hurrying along to where he was. That brings my mind to that verse, the fields are white already unto harvest. Look at verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city, that Sychar, this Awakening this revival. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, believed on Christ. He's at the center of it all. For the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they sought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now after, here's this doubling, this repetition of this reference to do with the two days. Verse 40, the last part tells us about two days. Verse 43, now with another reference. Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Amen. We do pray that the Lord may bless even this, the reading. Just even the reading. Of course, Paul tells us in Romans how it is the reading and the preaching of God's word that brings about a change in men's lives. Verse 29, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? You know, this evening as we're gathered here in the prayer meeting of the church, we are gathered to consider, and in case you forgot, We've brought the big banner with us. Let the Bible speak plastered across it to remind you of why we're here. We're here to consider. We're here to think about. I'm here to present this work and witness to you of let the Bible speak the, what is now, we have to admit it, the global ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster. This ministry, this work, this witness that commenced, in fact, 50 years ago this very month, I'm told. I wasn't about way back then. This is decades before I was even thought of. When I say decades, I mean 0.5 of a decade. Five years before I was born, this work and witness commenced. The first broadcast went out, I believe. I couldn't find out which date. I'm sure somebody knows. Somebody will tell me after. But the first broadcast apparently went out from that single radio station in the Isle of Man, Manx Radio, on February 1973. Fifty years ago this very month. And many of us might know something of the detail of its history, of, the, uh, of how it came about and how it developed and all the rest of it. But perhaps you are thinking and wondering this evening, what can I do? What can one person do in relation to this 
labor, this ministry, this method, this means of reaching many with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I often think about that verse that we find to do with the one miracle out of 35 recorded miracles in the New Testament that the Lord Jesus Christ did, the only one that's recorded in all four Gospels, and that is the feeding of the 5,000 men. I often think of what we read in John's account, chapter 6, verse 9, about that one insignificant person as far as the world is concerned. There is a lad here, just a wee boy, with five barley loaves and two small fishes. He gave his all for the master's use. In fact, the disciples even questioned and scorned that little lad. They said this, there is a lad here which hath five body loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I believe there's something that every one of us can do. And we know the words of that hymn that reminds us that little is much. When God is in it. I love to read history. I love to read biographies. I love to read stories, actual stories about things that happened in the past. Things that happened in the past that can encourage us so much for today. I'm sure many, if not all, have heard of the great D.L. Moody. He's recognized as one of the greatest evangelists of the 19th century. Throughout his lifetime, D.L. Moody founded several schools and colleges he had a particular love for children's work, for children's evangelism. In fact, his famous Sabbath school is in the city of Chicago, of which we believe close to 2,000 children had a, had, a, had a connection with. And of course, the history books tell us about how he had such a burden and a desire for them, for those children. In fact, some would say that he knew every one of them by name. Those Sabbath schools were his pride and joy. I can tell you stories about that. I would love to tell you stories about that. Love to tell you stories about how he went out after individuals to bring them in, which would actually be in keeping with where we're going tonight. But Moody did much for the Lord throughout his lifetime. He preached extensively across his own nation, across the Americas, and even at gospel campaigns here in the UK as well. And he went on to found the, Moody, the Moody Bible Institute and Moody Publishing House. However, his start in life was of most humble beginnings. D.L. Moody, it stands for Dwight Lyman Moody. D.L. Moody was born in Massachusetts way back in 1837. He was the seventh child in a family of nine, and they really did struggle financially. His father... Edwin, by name, Edwin Moody, died whenever Dwight was aged just four-year-old, and his mother, Betsy, by name, struggled to support the children. And in fact, way back then, things were different from they are today with the welfare state. She was forced to send some of her children off to work just so they could put food on the table so they could eat. Whenever Moody turned just 17 years of age, his mother sent him off to Boston to work in his uncle's shoe shop, However, his uncle would only allow him to come in one condition, and he was very strict in this. He wasn't going to move, that if the young Dwight were to come to Boston to him to live, he had to attend church if he were to come. One of the Sabbath school teachers in that church, it was called Mount Vernon Congregational Church, where they attended as a family, 
He was a very, very shy individual. Maybe you're here and you're shy and you're thinking, there's nothing that I can do for the Lord. Look at the confidence over here and there and there. But surely there's nothing that I can do. Well, there was a man in that congregation, Edward Kimball, and he was very, very shy. And he taught Sabbath school in Mount Vernon Congregational Church. And of course, Moody was placed into Kimball's class. Now, Kimball wasn't a man that was gifted with the ability for public speaking or great confidence or any great ability or anything else, but he had something which many that do have those abilities don't have. He had a genuine burden for the lost. Do we have a burden to reach the lost, to see individuals one for Christ? Kimball did. Edward Kimball had that in spades. Specifically, of course, for those in his care, for those in the Sabbath school class that he was over. Edward Kimball set about in his own quiet place to pray for the boys of that Sabbath school class. Particularly to pray for the young D.L. Moody. At that stage, a young lad of just 18 year old. And Kimball was actually, he was so determined that he would speak to that young lad outside the Sabbath school class in his own setting that he would speak to him about the Lord Jesus Christ and speak to him about his soul. He did that. He plucked up enough courage to visit the shoe shop where Dwight worked. And whenever we arrive, I I, I read the account of how he paced up and down the front of the shop, scared to go in. Now, some of the accounts will say that he didn't want to go in, he didn't want to embarrass the lad. But I suppose, and whenever I look at the accounts, I tend to think that he didn't want to embarrass himself. He was so shy, but he didn't want to move away. He didn't want to leave, and eventually he plucked up enough courage to step inside the shop, and his heart sank whenever he didn't see him there. He wasn't even in the shop at all. But he asked the question, where is he? And he soon discovered that he was in a a store at the very back of the shop on his own. And to his immense delight and surprise, whenever Edward Kimball went into that back room, he discovered that the Lord was meeting him at the very point of his need. The Lord had already been dealing with the young Dwight right up until that very moment and challenging him, that, that young lad. And that very day in the, in the storeroom at the back of that shoe shop, his uncle's shoe shop in that storeroom or that stock room, Mr. Kimball, that quiet, reserved, shy man with no ability as the world would, would think, had the joy and the privilege and the pleasure of pointing the young D.L. Moody to the Lord Jesus Christ as his own and personal Savior. Now, we might look at an individual like that and say, there's somebody that can't do much for the Lord. But what did he do? He, in effect, pointed what would turn out to be one of the greatest soul winners since the time of the apostles to now, to the Lord Jesus Christ as his own and personal Savior. The shivers are going up my spine when I think about that. How the Lord used that individual, and nobody, as far as the world is concerned, but a man with love for the Lord, with a burden for the lost, with a desire to see others one for the Lord Jesus Christ. And through that, the Lord used that man. And of course, the Lord does the saving, but the Lord is pleased to use the human instruments such as you and me in his harvest field. It is in that light 
that we want to think of this passage of Scripture tonight. It is in that light that we want to think of the work and the witness of let the Bible speak and of what you and I can do, because there's something every one of us can do in this labor, in, in the work and labor and the ministry of this local church and in our lives. It is in that light of bringing others to Christ that I want us to think about this passage for a few moments this evening. Think about this woman at the well. Look at verse 29. That's our text. We've read that verse time after time already tonight. A verse that I'm sure you know very, very well. And I've preached this passage many, many times in the gospel, highlighting the first part of the chapter, but not so much these verses, verse 29. Look at it again with me. Because this is literally what she did. She literally brought others to Christ. And who was she? She was a nobody. She was a nothing, as far as the world's concerned. But yet the Lord had a plan and a purpose from all eternity to use her as a key instrument in revival in Sychar and Samaria that day. Look at verse 29. You find it? Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. First of all, think about the grace that she herself had experienced. Unless we experience that grace, unless we are one for the Lord Jesus Christ, unless we are his, we can do nothing for him. Let's just nail that one down right away. This is a work and the witness. This is something that God's people, that his children, that you and I, if we are saved tonight, can get involved in. Think of our own personal situation. Well, think of the grace that was reached out to her. Think of our own personal situation for a minute. And we don't want to to dwell on this. But really, that's what the whole first part of that chapter is all about. We read in those words, if we're to go into the detail of it, we're reading those words of how she was a sinner of the highest order. We couldn't call her a lady or anything else like it. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ, I I love the way the Lord Jesus Christ so graciously shows and reveals himself to her, the fact that he knew all about her. Look at verse 16. We'll just look at it quickly. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. Now, what was he doing? He was about to reveal to her that there was something special about himself that he knew all about her. See, he is the omniscient God. Omniscient God. He knows everything about everyone. He knows everything about me. He knows everything about you. He knows our weak points. And he still pleasures in using us in his vineyard. And that humbles me. A wretch, as Newton put it. A wretch like me can not only know his grace, but be employed in his harvest field. Look at verse 16. Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her. Now he said it so graciously. He said just enough, but he didn't go on and on and on about it. He didn't rub her nose in her sin. He said enough that she knew who he was and what he was and left it at that. What do you see? The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou as well said, I have no husband. Verse 18, For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saidst thou truly. Full stop. That's it. That's the end of the matter. Not to be brought up again. Our, the devil brings our sins up. The enemy always brings his sin up. But our sins are cast into the sea of God's forgetfulness. 
You see the way he's so gracious he does that? In fact, look at verse 19. The woman said unto him, because of what he said, because he was able to reveal to her, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. The penny was starting to drop for her. You see, she experienced the grace of God that day. And I can't remember the quote exactly. It just comes into my mind now. Not fully into my mind, but parts of it. Something about he who has been forgiven much will love the most. She knew the grace of God in her life that very instant, that very day, whenever the Lord went out of his way to meet her at the very point of her need at the well side that day in the city of Sychar. You see, she was a sinner of the highest order and the Savior knew it and showed her that. She was one and would have been one that would have been ostracized by her own, com- own community because of her, and this is an understatement, her loose morals and her loose living. You know, we who are saved tonight, we know much of the grace of God. We have something in common with this individual. We know about the grace of God. We know the fact that we're washed in the blood. We're we're saved. And what we're saved from, we know something about it. Uh, We know that we have the salvation from the Lord himself that was bought with highest cause. But let me ask the question tonight, as I ask myself, as I challenge Paul Hannah before anybody else, what am I, what are you, what are we doing with our salvation? I believe, firmly believe it. There's something, and I've hammered this from us, got up here, the very start. I, I believe that there's something that each and every one of us, if we're saved, let me put that caveat on it again. If we're saved tonight, there's something that every one of us can do for the Lord. If you're not saved, we're either for him or against him. But if we're saved tonight, there's something every one of us can do for the Lord. And when we think of it in the context of let the Bible speak, you will see something in the need. I've got these wee things that were printed out. I had a meeting last night, didn't get home to near 11, and got these printed off for you. got 50 of these. There's enough for everybody and more. If you want to take a couple or three or ten and give them out to somebody else, feel free to do so. This is the latest bang up-to-date information of what's happening with LTBS. And you'll notice on that, really the way this works is the outside of it, the information does not change. Anything in colour does not change. I get them with that on it, but the inside of it's blank. And I print that with bang up-to-date information. I print that for you for this meeting tonight. And you'll see on the second page, the first leaf inside, about a particular need that we have in LTBS. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, there's nothing that I can do. Well, let me ask you this, and I know the answer. This is a rhetorical question. Can you sit on a seat? You're sitting on a seat right now, so I know the answer. One of the biggest problems that we have at the minute with LTBS is the recordings themselves. It's not getting a preacher to stand up. They're booked, I've been booked, I'm preaching next month, and I've been booked months in advance. That's not the issue. It's not getting people to work the sound desk. They know what they're doing. They've been trained up on it. It's not getting camera operators, although we are requesting things like that as well, technical roles. The biggest request we have at the minute is getting people like you to sit in the seats in the congregation, to give camera angles, to give the preacher somebody to preach at, not just a camera. We did that all through COVID where we had to pretend and edit and paste in old footage of people sitting in the pews, just getting people to sit in a seat and to sing like what you've been doing already tonight. I know you can do it. There's something that you can do, even if it's only that. There's maybe giving 
You'll see the shops, the two shops that we've opened, one on Bond Ridge, one more recently in Armagh, uh, giving an hour a week in one of those two places. It's not that far down the road, down the A1 to Bond Bridge, just to go and help sort out bags of stuff that comes in. Maybe even taking a bag of stuff from your own home, stuff, the good stuff that's no longer needed or have used. The Lord can use that for in his harvest field because... There's something I firmly believe it that every one of us can do. On the inside of that sheet, you'll see page two, all the dates for your diary, all the evenings, all the nights, and there are evening times to suit more people uh, that'll be able to come. Now, normally they ask a minister to go with a big congregation. Well, I'm preaching soon at it. I don't have a big congregation. I have three living in my house beside myself. That's a small congregation. That'll not even fill up a pew. So you can sign up for that night. Just small things, humanly speaking. Little is much when the Lord is in it. We'll move on and think of something else here. Yes, there's the grace that she experienced. And we know something about that, don't we? God's grace in our lives. But then there's the burden that she felt. Do we have, I picked those hymns tonight for a reason. Do we have that burden to reach the lost? That second hymn, second verse, second line that I highlighted and read out, the line that we rang, uh, that we sang together, speaks about that burden. Do we have a burden for the lost? If we don't, we need to ask the Lord that he might give us the burden, that he might increase in us that burden for the lost. I believe she had a burden. Look at verse 28 and 29 again. She threw down anything that would hold her back. I'm moved by that. This woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the man, Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Do we see in these verses an individual who is burdened to do what she's doing? Or was she dragging her heels saying, Okay, uh, Jesus, I'll, I'll do this if you really want me to. She didn't need prompting. She didn't need goading or poking with a stick to get her to go and do it. She we don't read here, and we can't be dogmatic where scripture isn't. We don't read that she ran, but I can almost imagine that she did. Oh, she wouldn't have been dragging her heels. She moved with haste. She made with, moved with purpose to reach the loss for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I believe, I firmly believe this. I believe that in each of us who are saved, there is that innate, there is that God-given desire within every truly born-again child of God to reach out and to share our faith with those that are without. There is a burden within each of us. There ought to be. If we're walking as we ought to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, to see others one for him, for our Lord and Master. Think about D.L. Moody again for a moment. What did Moody do when he got saved? Did he sit about and say, oh, this is great, living the Christian life. I now know I'm going to heaven. Let's just sit under this tree and wait for death to take me there. No, we know. We know that he did more than that. We know that this man was used of God as one of the greatest evangelists since the apostles. You see, whenever D.L. Moody was saved, he was saved in Boston way back on the 21st of April, 1855. And those were different days than we're experiencing right now. Those were days, and it's hard to imagine this, those were days when you literally had to rent a pew just to be able to go to church. Now, we can't imagine that. You literally had to pay money, book it in advance, rent a pew to be able just to attend somewhere where the preaching of the scriptures went forth. 
Whenever D.L. Moody was converted to Christ, his burden was such that he actually told the minister of Mount Vernon that he wanted to rent an entire pew. The minister questioned him. He scorned him, in fact. You don't need a pew. What do you want a pew for? Moody told that minister. Now, there wasn't an awful lot of life in the minister, but there was some life in him. He told him that he, want, he not only wanted a pew, but he wanted a big one. And not only that he wanted a big pew, he wanted two pews. Now, that's the sort of a boy D.L. Moody was. You can nearly imagine what he was like. The first Sabbath day that he had that pew, he saw it filled with the roughest sort of men that he could get from across the city of Chicago. And then he set about to pray for the people that were in that pew. And God heard his prayers. God saw his tears. Those vagabonds, those scoundrels, those rough men that would never, never normally darken a church door, that he had prayed in and requested to come in and, and brought lifts to get them in, one by one those men started to get saved and whenever they did get saved he began to encourage them to do what he had done, to do the same thing, to rent their own pews, to see them filled with sinners who needed saved. Before long that old congregational church, Mount Vernon Congregational, before long that old church that was dead, that was half empty, that was stale, lived again. And indeed was a positive witness for the Lord in that community in which it was in. Let me tell you, let me reinforce this. I think you've got this message already. But let me hammer it home again. We are saved to serve. Not to sit about. Not to think about it. Not to ponder and ponder and ponder and end up doing nothing. We're saved to serve. And there's something that every one of us can do for the Lord. That's why I love to come to meetings like this. Meetings that we come to were grassroots supporters. This working witness of LTBS has been going now for 50 years. There's people in our churches, maybe here tonight, that have been involved from the very start. Grassroots supporters. We can come and encourage you to keep the charge, to keep on going on, and to do whatever we can for the Lord. Somebody tomorrow will ask you, did you see the football last night? No, actually I didn't. Why? I was at a meeting. A meeting about what? Well, funny you should ask. Bang, there's an opportunity. There's things, something that we can do for the Lord no matter what we're doing. You can send them the link. You'll see later on on the screen uh, about the multimedia and about the internet sites and about the emails that you can sign up to get every day, about the past issues of this and the past issues of that and the, 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 the meetings that have already been broadcast. You can forward the links on to someone. The Lord can use that in the salvation of a soul. We can do our bit in seeing others one for the Lord. In seeing what this woman did. Look at the verse there. Verse 29. Her text. Come see a man that told me all things. Which told me all things. That ever I did. Is not this the Christ. Because the Lord is pleased. To use the human instrument. The Lord commands us there. In Matthew 28 verse 19. Go ye therefore. This is to his disciples. To us. As his disciples, go. That's a verb. That's an active verb. That's something that we're to get up and do. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them, verse 20, to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You know, that's exactly what the work and witness of LTBS has been about for the last 50 years. It's been expanding that influence that 
scope where the message goes out through all the various means, through initially the, the radio, now the TV, look at what's happening in the land of Nepal, we've we're able to open with your support. We, we raised, I think, 33,000 or a wee bit more. Uh, we're looking 30,000. There was 10% more than that even come in uh, to get that new radio station off the ground. There's three full, uh, besides the Reverend Paul Thapp himself, there's three full-time workers in that radio station. They're able to broadcast for hours every day. It's a 75-foot antenna on the top of a hotel in the mountains, able to broadcast over an entire area that can reach about 5 million people as they labour in the fields. You'll see the reference that on the, on, the, on the video in a wee moment. The Lord is using these things. And the Lord can use your influence. In fact, we've, I've waving them here all night. You'll wonder what I'm waving here. You'll think I'm conducting a choir or something. I, I, I want to remind you, I don't want to forget about these. These are pens, special pens that have been produced. Uh, there's the green side for the greens. And there's the blue ones. I'd prefer to use the blue ones. Uh, to commemorate the 50th anniversary of LTBS, we've got these for our supporters. You might ask, how much are we looking for them? Well, we're suggesting a donation of a pound. If you don't have your pound, that's grand. Or if you want to put in a check for half a million, that's also grand. There's plenty of them here. You make sure you take a pen with you. And that'll remind you every time you're reusing it to pray for that work, to pray for that witness. Because the Lord is blessing. In fact, that's my third point. I don't really have time to develop it. We've thought about the grace that she experienced, the burden that she felt. But what about the blessings that she herself witnessed? Think of the passage again. Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She, I'm sure, I can't say it dogmatically, but ran to reach these individuals that they might come to the Lord. And many of them responded. And then even, in fact, later on, uh, they, they said that it's not because of your witness, but because we have seen him ourselves. There was revival that day. In fact, not only that day, but the next day as well. But we're reminded here twice. If we're told something once in Scripture, it's important. If we're told it twice, if we're, it's doubled up, how vital it is for us to take it in. We're told twice here of the limited opportunity that they had. Two days, and then he had to leave. Two days, and then he had to move on somewhere else. Two days, and then the Savior left the city of Sychar and Samaria. We have a limited opportunity. The night cometh when no man can work. We must labor while we still have opportunity, still have time, still have that sphere of influence that we do have, still have the liberty to reach out with the gospel message. Now, I've taken up too much time. I apologize for that. We're going to watch a video now. We trust the Lord blesses it to us. And then we'll get down to our time of prayer. Uh, but uh, please do. And if you have any questions, you can, you can keep us for them at the end. I mightn't have the answer to them, uh, but I do love questions, especially about the Lord's work on these things. So enjoy the video just now, please. As we enter our 50th year of operation, we reaffirm our commitment to let the Bible speak by broadcasting the gospel across the world. In 
1973, Dr. Alan Kearns announced a special project to sponsor weekly gospel radio programs under the name of Let the Bible Speak. Dr. Kearns was assisted by the Reverends James and Frank McClelland in those early days, and together they developed and aired Let the Bible Speak's first broadcast from the Isle of Man on the 3rd of April, 1973. This was only the beginning. Quickly the work extended to North America and has now spread to the Republic of Ireland, London, Africa and Asia. Broadcasts on television in recent years have allowed for a wider audience to be reached with the gospel. Today we seek to broadcast the message of the gospel in five different ways, on radio, on television, on the internet, in magazines and through our shops. As we reflect on 50 years of LTBS in every aspect of its outreach, we sincerely thank all who labour within this ministry, those who pray for it, and the many who contribute so faithfully and sacrificially to its funds. Above all, we give thanks to our faithful God for his grace, wisdom, power and blessing. From its commencement in 1973, let the Bible Speak has never lost sight of the vision set forth in our Saviour's words, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Radio broadcasting is still the main part of our work. In Africa, we have one shortwave broadcast covering the whole of southern Africa. A broadcast in Kenya on Sahara FM consisting of three FM stations targeting the areas of Kisumu, Busha and Waibai, along with multiple broadcasts on the Radio Pan Am internet station repeated every four hours in a 24-hour period. Sahara FM is also heard in hospitals and prisons in those regions. In addition to these slots in Kenya, Reverend Malcolm Patterson continues to organize and compile weekly 15-minute LTBS programs on Radio Imani in Katale and Radio Lubeo in Kakamega. Three local pastors preach the word in Swahili over sequential weeks. Okua. LTBS programs are also aired by Reverend Decanio on the Free Presbyterian radio station in Monrovia, Liberia. Do remember in earnest prayer the weekly ministry of the gospel on all these stations that perishing souls will come to Christ and believing saints will be encouraged in the faith.
in the Far East. A 30-minute program is heard each week on shortwave across the Indian subcontinent. India's northeastern neighbor, Nepal, has let the Bible speak broadcasting on over 20 FM stations. Ten of these transmit one 15-minute program seven days a week, and ten of them broadcast LTBS during one 15-minute slot twice each week. Some free airtime is available on other stations. On all these broadcasts, the moderator of the Free Presbyterian Church of Nepal preaches the word, compiles the programs, and distributes them to the stations. Let the Bible speak as a long-time burden to see the establishment of an LTBS-sponsored station, replacing airtime on some existing stations, and reaching a huge potential audience in the Kathmandu Valley is at last beginning to be realized. Our Nepal Radio Appeal, launched in 2021, in just a few months reached and exceeded its target of £30,000. To all who contributed so willingly and generously, we say a sincere thank you in the Lord's name. We're delighted to report that the dedicated radio station is now in operation, having secured a location, erected a mast and installed all of the equipment. This is the main studio we broadcast here to the FM stations. The station broadcasts on 106.1 FM under the name of Word FM. Two young men from the local church are covering all of the technical work. They're still in a trial period and hope to secure a permanent license shortly. My focusing, my target is to reach out to the villagers. Many times I talk to, to the people that in, in, in the town, in Kathmandu or other towns, they have many, many medias. They have the YouTube, they have Facebook, they have uh, television and so on. But my target is to reach out to the village. That's why I choose to broadcast from here. This location cover many mountains and the villages. It goes off to the China border. It is higher than Kathmandu or other cities. That's the one reason I choose this location, that many people can hear the gospel. Most of the people listen the radio from their mobile phones. Sometimes they work in the field and they travel and they don't have any other device to see the program. That's why they listen the radio through their mobile phones. My prayers and my desire is let the many, many people around these villages up to the China border listen the word of God and they come to the Lord as their saviors. That's the desire I have. with your commitment and support under God has much been accomplished already. With that continuing engagement, we trust the Lord will be pleased to use it in the extension of his kingdom in hearts and lives in Nepal. Nearer Home, London's premier radio, airs our five 13-minute programs. The Reverend Philip Knowles, our minister in London, is the resident preacher. 
London itself is a very different place to be, compared to towns or where it was in Lewis, which was a smaller town. Walthamstow is northeast London, a very populous area and again very diverse. The radio ministry in London began through the ministry of the Reverend Gordon Ferguson and continued with the Reverend Patrick Baker and now presently with myself. When I arrived in the church, one thing I noticed right away from speaking with the people in the church that many had come as a result from the radio ministry. Since then people have come and gone, but there are still those who are present with us today, and they came directly, having listened to the Let the Bible Speak radio broadcasts. The programs go out each day at 1am in the morning, Monday through Friday, and they last around 13 minutes. People often ask, why do you broadcast at that particular time? Do people even listen? Premier Christian Radio in the past have relayed to us that there is a lot of people listening at that particular time, all sorts of reasons, but in particular many because of the different work patterns that they have. But we are thankful for this opportunity through Let the Bible Speak radio ministry to enter homes, cars and other types of transportation where we can preach Christ in all the scriptures. The range of the broadcast in the last few years has expanded. I think in the early days it was only through medium wave and so the catchment was only really for the London district but now the broadcast goes right through United Kingdom. It is our desire that wherever people listen to the radio ministry we let the Bible speak for the message of the gospel is the power of God on the salvation. In the Irish Republic, our broadcasts, which now number 12 per week, reach many on both sides of the border. Our Armagh, Ochnacloy, Corrigari and Six Mile Cross congregations help sponsor the Wednesday afternoon slot on Radio Star, a spot made available when Clocker Valley moved their programme to 12 noon each Lord's Day. And on Radio North, we now air a 30-minute programme each Sabbath afternoon at 3 p.m., broadcasting the audio track of our television broadcasts, and our Coleraine congregation sponsor the weekly Sabbath evening broadcast. The total cost of radio broadcasting work is £60,000 per year. Our quarterly magazine is much valued by listeners who have little or no access to sound gospel literature and don't have the privilege of sitting under a biblical ministry. The printed page is yet another means of spreading the word. We print some 3,000 copies each quarter at an annual cost of £7,500. Copies go to radio listeners, our congregations here and on the mainland, and we also send to some churches in our sister denomination in North America. In addition to our radio and television outreaches, the opening of our LTBS shop in Banbridge gives opportunity for a local street witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Several hundred Bibles and hundreds more gospel tracts and LTBS publications have passed into the hands of those here in Northern Ireland and visitors from the Republic of Ireland. 
many of the numerous personal contacts have led on to encouraging and spiritually profitable conversations. In November 2018, we opened our first shop in Banbridge. And we were very blessed by the way that things progressed from there. The Lord blessed us greatly in both donations and regular customers coming in and people supporting us prayerfully and in many other aspects. The donations come in at such a level that we actually felt that we would have to prayerfully consider opening a second shop. So on the 23rd of April 2022, we opened the doors to the second shop in Armagh. And already we have been encouraged by the public support. We've had many opportunities to witness again, and we've got talking to many converted Roman Catholics. We have one customer in particular, his name's Joe, 75-year-old Roman Catholic. He has been in and out on a regular basis and has spoke to some of the staff, but he has built up like a friendship with the staff. He has got speaking to one of the staff recently, and uh, he acknowledged that she had uh, happiness about her, and that there was something that she had that he didn't have. He got into conversation about the Lord and she witnessed to him and he said straight away that he needed the Lord. He said he'd been told as a child that he just had to pray to God, but he never really fully understood it. So she was able to explain to him how to become a Christian and he asked her to pray with him, which she did. He was absolutely delighted that he had that weight lifted off his shoulders. He had come to know the Lord. He had assurance of heaven which was wonderful. It was a real encouragement for both the staff and everybody in LTBS. We've also had many opportunities to witness to other nationalities. We have Lithuanian, Romanian, Polish, Russian. We recently had Bulgarian teenagers in and we were very blessed with having a good conversation with them and offering them a free Bible each. They were absolutely delighted to get the Bible in their own tongue and went out very happy. We have had a lot of support from the public in general. We also have volunteers coming in on a regular basis, but there's always space for more volunteers. Even just one hour a week, opening up bags, folding stuff and putting them on shelves, rearranging bric-a-brac sections, things like that all need to be done. And an hour a week can make a big difference in both shops. So if anyone feels that they can volunteer, even if it's only an hour a week, please get in touch with us. We'd be glad of all your help. We give all the glory to the Lord. and We would also like to thank the churches and the public for their support. Without them, this is not possible. We ask that you will continue to pray for both shops. It's really appreciated and it's what we need in both buildings. Our weekly television program continues sounding out the good news. Television, just like radio, is still a very cost-effective way to reach lost souls with the message of the cross. It's equally effective in feeding the flock of God on the finest of the wheat. We want to reach those in the UK and the Irish Republic with the message of Christ and Him crucified. 
The television broadcasts air each Wednesday at 6.30am and 7.30pm on the Revelation Channel 581 on Sky TV. They can also be viewed on Freesat Channel 692, Freeview HD Channel 264. And for more broadcast information, do check details on our website, ltbs.tv. The total cost of TV broadcasts is £30,000 per year. This has been a major investment to purchase studio-quality equipment and commit to produce a new 30-minute programme each week. We thank Lurgan FPC for hosting us for the past few years and we're currently considering how we take forward the development of a new studio for the future. The LTBS website is well worth a visit. At ltbs.tv, you'll catch up on the latest LTBS news, access our recently broadcast audio and TV programs, and view past issues of the LTBS quarterly magazine. Our daily devotional is there as well. It's available to read and also listen to as an audio recording. You can sign up for the devotional and have it delivered to your phone or computer. It provides you with a brief daily meditation on a text of Scripture and concludes with a notable quotation from a preacher or writer, giving you yet more food for thought. There's a great outreach yet to be done, and many still to be won for Christ. Let's make full use in this internet and digital age of all legitimate means to proclaim the gospel to the needy. With your help and support, much has been accomplished and without it, we would not now be continuing to let the Bible speak on air. Your support, prayerfully and financially, has been an indispensable part of this ministry, and we thank you in the Lord's name. We must lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes if we are to meet the increasing costs of airtime and the additional outreach planned in the Lord's will. Another generation of free Presbyterians, responding to the Saviour's words, go and teach all nations, will ensure that Let the Bible Speak will have an ongoing witness to the nations of the world. Music